What's up, folks? We're going to be talking to my friend, Allison, who runs a business that helps folks like yourself trying to find care options for our elderly parents. It's going to offer some other options I didn't know that was available other than sticking your parents in the care home that costs a fortune. This allows them to age in place, which I think a lot of folks like because they like their home. And I think is sounds like a great option at least for myself. Now, if you guys are new to our group, please sign up at simplepassivecashflow.com slash club. You get access to a lot of free e-courses, including the infinite banking e-course and a lot of other syndication LP material that will help you in your investment journey. Now, just a little bit of an update. I'm sure you guys are all aware that the interest rates are going up. We've tapered off our acquisitions, being a little bit more picky and choosy as of the last couple of quarters. I'm starting to see... Like a lot of the uh, bridge financing, the smaller banks restrict a lot of their lending. And this is prior to that, a lot of the big Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac lenders started to do the same. So uh, the trend is bank financing or what we call the capital markets is constricting, which is making it harder for a lot of commercial operators to make these deals work. Artificially putting the price down and we could probably say there's a little bit of price discovery happening at the moment. Good news, rents are still going up. It's a good time to be buying real estate, especially if you're looking to get money from other asset classes, your stock market or your debt equity in your house into stuff that works and makes sense and it's backed by real estate. And this is why we started the Pref Equity Plus Fund. If you guys want more information about that, you know, join our investor club at simplepassivecashflow.com slash club. It really allows means to hedge the economy and get more on the debt side as opposed to the equity side. Equity, great for realizing higher returns, but debt is a little bit more of a defensive strategy, which we're getting more attuned to. And we're seeing it as a bigger opportunity for us, especially as, like I said, the capital markets freeze up and people are really looking for that first person on the capital stack, which we can hopefully provide for people or ourselves in the future. So again, check out that opportunity. We've got that first deal in Manhattan, right across that Hard Rock Hotel in Times Square. You guys can jump on board that and own a piece of history with us. Go to simplepassacastro.com slash club. Join us there. I want to get to know you guys. Just hop on the phone for an intro call and enjoy the show. This is a story about a dude named Lane. He moved to the mainland and bought one place to stay. And then one day he went and tried to rent them out. And then he became one real investor man. All right. Hey, folks. Lane here with my good friend, Allison Lee. We are in an entrepreneur group together and we've gotten to know each other pretty well. So as you listen to podcasts and people normally say, my friend dot. That's just code name for I just met the person a little while ago. But <laughs> here, I've known Allison for probably over a year now. And uh, we know each other pretty well. And she just happens to own a Bright Star Care franchise. So I tricked her into jumping on the call today and uh, giving us the insider's perspective on what are you going to do with your elderly parents? Because all you guys out there are the ones who are good with your money. It's not your other brothers and sisters who are trying to keep up, but it's ultimately going to fall on your hands and what the heck is going to happen with mom and dad. But but yeah, welcome, Allison. Thank you so much for having me, Lane. Yeah, Allison works out of Honolulu, Hawaii, and she caters towards folks on the island of Oahu. 
for the most part, right? Correct. For now, yes. We're hoping to expand to new yeah, so islands. Maybe just give us a little idea, just some context of what you guys do for folks. And then we'll, we've got like a list of questions that most of you guys will probably think of out there as you're trying to plan the end of care options for your parents. But yeah, why don't you give an insight? What the heck does Brightstar do? Okay. So like you said, we're part of a national franchise, but each franchise actually has the flexibility to focus on a variety of areas. So some locations are more into staffing. Others do a lot of skilled nursing. We happen to do a lot of private duty home care and skilled nursing, which basically private duty basically means it's out-of-pocket care. So it's not covered by Medicare or Medicaid. It's private pay or long-term care. We'll cover it. That's the majority of what we do. So what we offer is a full spectrum from just companion level care, which is like, hey, keep mom company, make sure she turns off the stove, that kind of thing, to hands-on, help my mom take a bath, get ready in the morning, help make sure she eats, make sure she takes her meds, that kind of thing. And then all the way to we eat, we do have some skilled nursing care. So we do a lot of wound care and things like that. And this is the problem for somebody like in our shoes, trying to figure out what our parents are going to do. Like they may be okay now, but that's the big unknown is like, how are they going to be in five years, 10 years, 20 years? Who yeah, knows? that's what makes planning so hard for our parents. And then of course, even for ourselves, I think the more I've done this business, the more I'm aware of, okay, we really have to make a plan for this. Yeah. My mission at simplepassivecashflow.com is to help hardworking individuals like you do what I did, which is leave a professional career behind by building an investment portfolio where the passive income exceeded my daily expenses. It frustrates me that there's so many people out there mindlessly investing in the Roth, IRA, 401k, mutual funds, or worse, going through a useless financial planner who is just selling retail and financial products. Here's the problem. There are multiple middlemen taking a cut of your returns, all the while you take all the rest. In our community, we spend a little bit of effort to educate ourselves and build organic relationships with other past investors to source the best off-market opportunities, all while enjoying higher returns and better security because the asset that you purchased is a real hard asset, not some kind of fake stuff like a crypto or altcoin. The trifecta is simple. Number one, syndications to get number two, passive losses to unlock other tax best practices. And thirdly, infinite banking. Join our network for more insider access and educational material at simplepassivecashflow.com slash club. And also sign up for a free strategy call once you're in there. Enter our ecosystem. So if you did come out to Hawaii on our annual investor retreat, you'd be able to develop those relationships with the right people. To check out future events, go to simplepassivecashflow.com slash events. And we'll see you in person. Maybe yeah. outline the traditional options for folks. My understanding is it's you've got the care home and maybe there's a couple different levels in in-home care, but what maybe like the array of options? So I think depending on socioeconomics, there's a vast array, but I think for your audience, it's probably going to be more on the higher end. And so there's, or it's not, you're not depending on Medicaid coverage, that sort of thing. Although there are those options and some people do financial strategies so that they qualify for that as well. But mostly the people that we're dealing with, they're looking at 
either aging in place at home or going to an independent living facility, which really is more of a senior community lifestyle thing where they're still quite independent. Other people are more advanced. They need a little more care. So they'll go to an assisted living facility. And then there are what they call CCRCs, which is a continuing care retirement community. And that is where you have the whole spectrum. Again, you go from independent to assisted to skilled nursing. Those are options. And like you said, there are care homes and other things like that. And then what we do, of course, is the age in place. So you really have a caregiver in the home. Some people do it with their own family members or friends or volunteers from churches or other people will take the risk and do a private caregiver that they pay out of pocket. Before we go into the agent place option, I think most people, myself included, thought like the major option was you go into a facility, you pay an arm and a leg, you if your net worth is one to two million dollars, you have to do a reverse mortgage to get in and then you Hopefully they give you a bottle of lube for how much you pay for that place. And you, hopefully you maybe get a portion of that back. But if not, um, that's what it is, right? Like it's a big financial transaction. Yeah. So I think like the ones that you're probably talking about are like here in Hawaii, we have Kahala Nui, which is considered the premier high-end place in Arcadia. I know your listeners are from all over, so those probably won't resonate. But like a plaza is a national chain too, but that's a little bit more mid-tier, I think. So it's so the plaza is assisted living. So you I think and independent. Yeah. So it's more mid-tier. And I don't believe they have skilled nursing. So if your needs were to exceed personal care, it would essentially kick you out. You'd have to find you'd have to go somewhere else. Whereas the CCRCs, you can stay in place there. That's the selling point, right? You have the, you, you've bought in, you've paid an arm and a leg, maybe two legs, and you're in there <laughs> and now you don't, it's supposed to sit it and forget it in, in your mind and in theirs. Yeah, yeah. And here there tends for the very good ones like Kahalo Nui that I mentioned, there's a three-year wait list. So who knows if you even ever get to that point. It's our it's like investment deals. No, you can't get in or like a really good club, dance <laughs> club I'm talking about. Yeah. But, make uh, you want it more. Yeah. And pay more. <laughs> yeah. As a good shopper and I think a lot of our good consumers out there, we don't like that and we inherently makes the hair in the back of her neck stick up. But then <laughs> when you and I were talking, I was like, what a tell me more about this agent place. Because personally, what I've seen out of my family is like the usually the guys live a really long time and they're usually pretty grumpy and they don't want to go interact with people. They're not the most social of people. And myself included, I think when I get old, I might want to just hang out with myself with my fancy things around me and my big house and nice view. And that's where this agent place option comes where you guys come in, right? Yeah. So obviously I'm biased, but I think it's really for people who can afford it. It's to me by far the best option in terms of just outcomes mentally and health-wise to be in a surrounding that's familiar, especially a lot of seniors start to have some form of dementia or Alzheimer's and those familiar surroundings become really important. And it's just a completely, you're on your own schedule. So the care we provide, and I'm sure other providers also provide is very customized, very personalized. It's very much about we're here to serve you in your home, the way that you want to be served. Do you want to eat breakfast when you want to eat breakfast? 
that's when you're going to have breakfast. So, you know, it's a different, it's also an arm and a leg because we're providing one-on-one care. You get a caregiver all to yourself. We have backup caregivers because, you know, we do have to follow employment law. But the good thing is that means if your caregiver is out sick, we still have other people available usually to come in and provide the support. But we've seen both. We've seen people who have transitioned to a facility or we've seen people come out of a facility. And generally speaking, most people want to stay at home if they can. A lot of these facilities are beautiful. They look like hotels. They're very impressive from our perspective but there's no place like home. Some people have their their really extra comfy chair and they have (laughs) all the things that they like at home and their facility just can't replicate that. Yeah. And I'll say from like a money perspective too, most people, they have a million dollar plus house. They've probably more than exceeded the $250,000, $500,000 home exemption on the sale of the house. So if they sell the house now to harvest the money, if they don't do a reverse mortgage to get into said facility, then they're going to be paying a boatload in taxes where it sounds really morbid. If you, if mom and dad bought a house for 300 grand and now they're sitting on $1.2 million, the $500,000, if they're married couple will only take you up to, what I say like 800 grand and they're going to have to pay taxes on the rest. So you have to pay taxes on 500 grand. You probably lost a hundred, a couple hundred thousand bucks right there in taxes. So it makes sense from that perspective, if you're on the fringe, to just stay in place and die in the house so that you can get the step up basis. But nobody likes when I talk about money and death <laughs> and stuff like that. But maybe let's go over like the pros and cons of the care home. The way I see it, the care home, you get like the social aspect of it and it looks cool. It's like a country club feel. But the in-house, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but don't you get like a dedicated person where they're still playing zone defense on you in the facility, aren't they? Yeah, for the most part, we have, we sometimes, if the care needs are not super high, we've had couples care where there are caregivers providing care for both husband and wife. I also have thought it would be an interesting concept for people to do golden girls style, where if your parents have a really nice home with a lot of space, let's say, mom's passed away or dad's passed away and you need a caregiver, mom or dad want to stay at home, why not get a roommate who needs care? And then they can split the cost of the caregiver. So there there are ways to be creative about it, get some rental income. Of course, you're a grumpy old guy who doesn't want to talk to people. Maybe you don't want someone in your space. Yeah. yeah. If you don't got money, you don't got choices, right? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. So there are creative ways to stay in place. Yeah. And I guess your guys' services might actually make sense too for aspiring assisted living investment operator who has a house and can't work the the caregiver angle and just find a, a group like yourselves to outsource that part out. But what as far as like costs go, just generally speaking, what would like a top tier care home costs on the high end and maybe low end? And then what would be that this option of the in-home caretaker? costs high end lower. So in terms of the facilities, so there are care homes and then there are like the plazas where they're like large facilities. So care homes tend to be smaller. I don't have the exact pricing on those, but in terms of like the plaza or something like that, it ranges the last I checked from 6,000 to 8,000 a month. And that's for, like I said, like a mid-tier versus the CCRCs, the continuing care retirement communities. Those are the ones that you were talking about where you put down this massive 
chunk of money up front. And then on top of that, you're paying the monthly fees. So for us, for pri- for home care, private duty home care, at any given point in time, it is what it is. But I can tell you that it's been going up and up very quickly. Yeah, that's um, why people need to invest. It's probably going to go up 10% every year. Best yeah, time to do it was yesterday. It's like college tuition. <laughs> just, yeah, worst. I guess yeah. college is the worst, right? It exceeds the market. It exceeds inflation no matter what. So right now for us, it's very like each company sets their pricing their own way. For us, ours is very customized. So it's a range from $34.90 an hour to $44.90 an hour, generally speaking. It can get more expensive, but... Most of our people are falling around $38.90 an hour. But is that per month about? or Because they're not doing it full-time. Some are. Yeah, we have some that are around-the-clock care. So I haven't done the monthly calculation. I'm just 2000 I think. Our business <laughs> owners will know that right off the top of their head. I, sh- I should know this. But... So 6500 a week. What is that? 20 I don't know if I'm doing my math right here. Yeah, like 28000 a month. So... Yeah. Yeah, it's it gets up there if you're now that's again, that's 24 seven. So one of the beauty, the beauty of in home care is most people aren't starting off with 24 seven, a lot of people will say, Hey, I just need six hours a day. And then most companies will have a minimum of at least four hours or six hours. We don't have a minimum, but we have a flat rate if it's less than four hours, just because to get caregivers to drive where they're going, spend the time providing the care and things like that. They need to be compensated. So we have a flat rate for yeah. anything less than four hours. But just comparing like the high end, right? Like if you're, you need the max care, 20 grand a month, that's on par with the top, what the top facilities are charging. But then you also have to put in the fact that you put in an arm and a leg and two legs or like a million dollars, essentially. And a million dollars the way we teach it to folks here, it's like there's opportunity cost with that money. You could be growing at 10, 15%. That's 150 grand a year, $15,000 a year. So it's really 20 plus 15 a month. So like 35 G's a month when you yeah. take into account that. But most people suck at investing, so they don't hardly make anything off of it. So I guess it's only <laughs> $20,000. So then it's equivalent, but it's all the usage of your equity, I think. Is- well, yeah, I think so. And actually, so it's more like 28000 a month. I just want to be honest. And I always tell people it's definitely a premium option. It's a high-end option, but not everyone can afford it. And that's okay. There are good options for people. But there is also, we don't, like you said, we don't have the upfront investment. And then what if you go into one of those facilities and then they die a month later. There is a big loss. I know all the like when you can get your money back, et cetera. But I know that there's a big kind of they're promising they're never going to abandon you. And but it's like insurance. Yeah, so it, it essentially is a pseudo life insurance play yeah. is what they're doing. And, yeah. and I'm sure they outsource to third party insurance companies <laughs> for that. But they don't like to break down like the levels of care. You don't need to go to that high end 20 something grand a month. There are other, maybe talk a little bit about some of the mid tier and like the low tier so, place options or arrangements that you've seen people do in certain situations. Yeah. Like I said, most people aren't starting with 24 seven care and a lot of people 
don't ever get to 24 seven care. So some people are eight hours a day, five days a week. So someone's there watching. There's also, we didn't talk about adult daycare is an option for people too. So if you're going to work and you want mom to have a place where she's looked after and there's a little bit of stimulation, there are daycare centers, just like you have for your your little kids. And often they're connected. There'll be like a preschool right by an adult daycare center. And so that is generally a much more affordable option. But you guys don't set people up with that. That's just another option. No, yeah, that's a different option. But just in terms of So we've had people, though, who will go to adult daycare and then come home and then we provide care in the home at night. So you can find combinations of support or if you only need us on the weekends or certain days of the week. So really mixing and matching, it's much more flexible and customizable. I don't know if you can think of some like typical client profiles, but like when would somebody do like a 5,000 a month? How about that get them? And then maybe that mid-tier, I guess. Because you people come to you and you hear their situations right? and you're, oh, you don't need that high end or that much time or hours, or you don't need that. You don't need the skilled nurse. You can just have a general caretaker, which is a lower hourly rate. I want to be clear. So the skilled nursing is much more expensive. So I haven't even given skilled nursing rates. The rate that I shared is caregiver level, but we do, we have nurse oversight. So we have a director of nursing and we're joint commission accredited, which is like the accreditation that the high-end hospitals get to assure that you're following certain standards and protocols. We are probably on the pricier end of the options in our industry. The hard part is that if it gets to be too little of care, then a lot of companies won't do it because there's such a demand for care and not enough caregivers. So we're really trying to utilize the caregivers where, first of all, it makes sense for us, but also with the clients who really need it. And all like all businesses now are just struggling to find halfway decent people because wages are so high and nobody wants to do this type of hard work. (laughs) Yeah. So amazingly, we have incredible people who like, they're just phenomenal human beings and this is what they want to do. But of course they have to make a living. We want to make sure that we're one of the best employers they can find. And so in order to do that, we have to pay them competitively on the higher end and provide really great benefit, which means the clients are going to pay for it. But that said, there's still tremendous demand. So I would say the sweet spot where most companies are looking at is at least six hours, let's say at least 30 hours a week, I would guess is probably what most companies would be willing to look at right now. Which is makes sense for a lot of people listening. I guess I can over and help mom and dad one or two days a week after I'm done with my job, right? No, it's hard balancing all the things. So I think a lot of people, if it's basic level, they're looking for wake up time, bedtime or lunchtime or the hot button needs, right? Hey, can you come help get mom dressed and ready for the day? Make sure she takes a shower or eat something because sometimes elderly people will forget to eat, remind her to take her medications that sort of thing, or get ready for bed. So yeah, those are definitely the high demand times, those transition times. And I imagine like people come to you and they may not, this is, it was a new idea for me. I imagine most people are coming into this and a new person in their home. It's something new for mom and dad. And then they get more comfortable with it over the time, I guess. Yeah, definitely. It's your turf. I think, especially with, excuse me, Asian families, 
we have this built in hospitality. If you're in my home, I have to take care of you. And so we experienced this even with my own mother-in-law when my father-in-law passed, he had lung cancer and we got to experience this from the client perspective. And he, she was really struggling and we're like, Hey, we have this company we own (laughs) and we'll provide it for free. She didn't want it. She was like, what am I going to feed them for lunch? And I said, you don't have to do anything for them. They're here really to support you. It was really hard convincing her. Like eventually we did, but she really should have accepted our help much sooner. And there are tips and tricks that we give to other families, but she's particularly persistent. And yeah, that that wouldn't happen with us. Don't forget to pick up the takeout on your way. (laughs) Yeah, definitely some generational things and cultural things. But it can be really hard to just admit your vulnerability and that you're at that place or there's a whole all the psychology around it like guilt like I should be the one doing it and that that sort of thing and this isn't really in your guys like part of your guys job description but you must see people go through this quite a bit what is some of your general pieces of advice for like you know maybe somebody who is letting mom and dad do their own thing but now you have to step in right get more involved. Yeah. And we actually see a real uptick in requests for care after the holidays, because a lot of in Hawaii, a lot of the adult children will go to the mainland and have their career and they'll come home and visit and then they'll realize how much things have deteriorated with their parents. And so that's a time where they're really observing new needs and danger issues, maybe mom's forgetting to turn off the stove, or there may be some incontinence where they're having accidents and that kind of thing. So I think some things, those are things to look for and just be, when you're with them, just be observant, be aware. I would say when you're in the home, really, I think I shared with you earlier offline, how high of a risk falls are for elderly people. When you're young, falling is no big deal all you get up, no harm, no foul. But for a senior citizen, it can really take someone who seems really vibrant and healthy and independent and put them in a really catastrophic place. Even a lot of people die after a fall once they're over 65. So fall prevention, I think is really critical, even if you're not at the point of needing care, just really observing the home, look for are there trip hazards, rug, that, or if there's a lot of clutter, a lot of elderly people start to hoard and put boxes in the way. And you really want to make sure that those kind of things are put away as much as possible. Grab bars, make sure there's good lighting, that kind of thing. So I guess another side business we can get involved in is like getting a set of contractors to like rehab these houses with the right showers or the right. And- I think that's huge. And actually to do it even before it's even a concern, it's, that's the trend. It's the tsunami, right? The silver tsunami is what they're calling the boomers who are aging. So I think those can definitely add value to a home. Other like resources for folks to, if they're going through this, we'll probably refer people to this episode in the future because I'll probably forget about this in six months and- Yeah, I think ARP, which I always crack up because I'm now I'm a member, they have some good resources. And then I think Hawaii has the elderly affairs 
division, which, you know, sounds like the elderly dating site, but yeah, it's, sounds it's like not. a dating site to me. <laughs> <laughs> we can make that our other side business. Yeah. But um, we have a lot of side businesses. Yeah. Entrepreneurs. And yeah, and there are a lot of, I think just a lot of resources that are available to people, even if they're not at this level where they need actual in-home care, there's Meals on Wheels and family and friends and volunteers through other, through church or other programs. So there are a lot of resources out there. The great thing is we're in the age of Google and can just do a quick search. Yeah. And, and I would say that's where, that's where our group is pretty valuable. There are a lot of resources, but which one, what, depending on where you are in the net worth spectrum, it's different advice for different folks. Yeah. Right? Yeah. A- Allison's kind of a high roller like myself. So we like <laughs> fancy restaurants and we also like these types of elderly healthcare options, but mm-hmm. maybe to close things out, like if you had to plan something for yourself, for your instructions, for your kids, what would you just personally like to see for yourself? And what are the reasons that based on what you, where you're at, obviously you're a little biased, but like, at what point would you phase it in? And basically, you, what would you eat from your menu? What I'm hoping to do is die relatively quickly. <laughs> Well, other than that, I think we all have to, have to like you know, take it up to 60, 65 at peak health and then just, just go. Yeah. But like if maybe if you had to live for an extended period of time after that peak of health, what would you do? If I had to live and I, if I had the resources, I would a hundred percent use my own services because I love my house. I've built it in a way that feels comfortable for me. I'm relatively social, but I definitely things on my own terms. So for me, a facility dictating when I eat or people just coming in, I don't know. It just doesn't appeal to me at all. I would absolutely, if I can afford it, use my own services. Yeah, I don't drive public transportation. (laughs) But what do you do if you want to go somewhere? Can the caregiver take you to somewhere, take you to Safeway or Costco or you want? Is that part of the We have one client who our caregiver would take her golfing, even though her skills have diminished greatly. Like that was a big part of her life and her identity. And so she would take her golfing. And and now I think they've moved past that. But they go in Hawaii, we say holo holo, which means just go cruise, drive all over. So her shifts are basically, they drive in the client's car. She drives all over the island. They'll go check out the beach, pick up a lunch. Um, hang out. And like I said, the care is very much personalized, customized. It's not that you, we say age and place and home. It doesn't mean you have to sit at home all day. You can definitely go walk the mall or go to church if that's what they want to do. And then other people who don't want to go anywhere, we also can only help coordinate our team will help coordinate safely deliveries or that kind of thing. You also get a friend too, for free. Yeah, not a free friend. But... Not a free friend. <laughs> Nothing is free in this life. The caregivers, they learn from each other. It's really a beautiful thing. We have very interesting clients. So the caregivers can learn a lot from them. And the clients love having someone interested to talk to. Any other, for people going through this, going to shut out a whole bunch of money for any other like last words of wisdom from your point of view, other than good luck? I wrote down my lessons learned since we've been doing this business, things I've observed. I'm sure your listeners, followers already hear this a lot, but be grateful every day for every day. Have people in your life that you love and who love you and make sure you communicate that to them because we do have some very 
rich people who don't have anyone. And it's really sad. So they're receiving top quality care. But are the kids of those kind of people involved or did they have to just find you guys on their own? Some of them never had kids. They had like one of them found us on his own and his wife was here when that happened, but she passed. And so he's now alone and, and not super like happy, not close to family. And the other thing is when you're super wealthy, you don't know who's your true friend, right? Uh, A lot of people are coming, knocking on the door, trying to be your friend, know who your friends are, (laughs) be nice to them, show them love, be respectful to your caregivers. If you ever have them, tell your parents, if you do get, if they get caregivers to be respectful to them. And of course not if they're, if the caregiver is neglectful or abusive, then you would want to report it. But We definitely have clients that are harder for us to staff because the caregivers keep refusing to go. And really, you don't want caregivers who don't want to be there. Like what kind of, it's really hard to provide care for you if you're nasty. And so as long as it's in your control, be mindful of that. Don't be one of those rich jerks. Treat yeah. I, I wonder if there's a difference between the Medicare, Medicaid, the option, like the some people do the, they drain their finances, they want to be broke. So the government pays for their end of days care. Mm-hmm. It can't be a happy place in there. Like I'm sure the caregivers are just strung out. I don't know. I can't speak to that. I probably should learn more. <laughs> it's not my area of expertise, but I think there are caregivers who are genuinely, whether regardless of the paid source, their caregivers, I think anyone who goes into being a caregiver, for the most part, you don't go into it for money. So they're genuinely fueled by caring for others, but also they tend to have a need for validation and acknowledgement and gratitude. So when you're caring for someone day after day, who's just nasty and ungrateful, it it can be really hard. Whereas there are some like really phenomenal caregivers who thrive on, see that as a challenge. Let me see if I can turn this person around. Like really, they're very empathetic and can really, really be patient and have that thick skin and build that relationship to where it's a beautiful thing. And that is something special. But not all of them are going to be going holo holo and driving each other around in the no, car. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a lot of, and some, and everything's customized. So there are some people who really want that chatterbox caregiver to talk to. And other people are like, don't talk to, I want to pretend you're not here. Leave me alone. I'm going to live my life. And then you come help me when I need you. And that's okay too. And that's where you guys come into, you start matching up personalities and a little bit of that. Yeah. So when somebody's interested and we have care, potential caregivers available, then we'll go out. We call it a living room visit. So we have our client experience manager and our nurse go into the home to observe the environment and look for those fall hazards that I shared earlier and really get to know the patient and the family and see where the pain points are and how we can help like ease burdens and make bring a little joy back into the life and make things better. And that's where we come up together with the family. We come up with a customized care plan. What is your budget? What where are we going to maximize what we're doing for you? And then the personality matchup 
is a second round. Yeah. So right now with the shortage of caregivers, it's, do we even have anyone in the first place? But, but we definitely. And this is the sales thing. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I'm just joking. No, I want to be fully transparent. That said, like we do guarantee compatibility. So if it's not a good fit, our client experience manager's job, and we also have an employee experience manager. So they're checking in with the employee and the client. Hey, how did things go on your shift? What can we do better? What changes do we need? And so we will keep looking if we need to find someone who's a good personality match. Yeah, no, it's definitely in demand. That's for sure. So you think about it, this, this is a pretty good business you got going on here. But yeah, yeah, thanks for jumping on the podcast. I think it applies to our Hawaii clients as well as on the mainland. I'm sure there's options similar to this, not just going to the, the local high-end care home and hopefully they have lube for you again. But there's other options out there. Allison, you want to get your contact information out there? If people got any questions, yeah. they can reach out. That'd be great. So if anyone has questions, the best thing to do is call our main line, 808-447-7448, or shoot an email to honolulu at brightstarcare.com. All right. Thanks, Allison, for jumping on. If you guys have any questions about this, we'll probably make a info page about this type of information at some point. Nothing is coming to me. Probably simplepassivecashflow.com slash elder, something like that. I don't know. Email the team. If you guys are listening to this in the future, we'll point you in the right direction. But definitely one of those topics that not a lot of people talk about, but it is a huge source of expenses in the future and something to plan. If you guys heard it, it costs upwards of 20 grand a month and it ain't going getting cheaper. It's getting 10% every single year, apparently. So something to think about folks, but uh, hopefully we didn't make everybody be depressed by this today. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Thanks, Lane.